like public and live. So like anybody <laughs> could have just watched. And I was, I think I was recording with Lisa and I was like, oh, like seven people watched part of my <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I don't know who they were. They didn't leave a comment. Thank God. Um, yeah. All right. Okay. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, so sorry this is a late episode, but you know, life happens and we're working. We, with, we couldn't we're record working. because my toddler wouldn't sleep. Yeah, I wasn't going to say it. But you, okay. know, you can't help, like, little kids, like, they don't know. Toddlers go through sleep regressions. I'm sure you told them. I'm, honey. I, I gotta, I gotta talk about leverage. I was I like, gotta go talk I about leverage. I'm hysterically about how I'm afraid of my bed. Well, I'm glad y'all figured that out. He's fine now. Yeah. So we're back today. Obviously, this is Corey back with me. And we're going to be talking about 12-step job, which aired. Oh, I just had it. Um, it aired February 3rd, uh, 2009. So, and we're nearing the end. We've only got three episodes after this to the mm -hmm. end of season one. So um, back for this one are writers Amy Berg and Chris Downey. They co-wrote this one. And director Rod Hardy, who is That's Australian. Amazing. Yeah, it's it's an Australian name, can't you tell? It is. Totally is an Australian name. Totally. And then you've got uh, executive producers Dean Devlin and John Rogers for this episode. So in this episode, it starts kind of differently than normal. We, we see our mark. At the beginning, his name is Jack Hurley, and we can already see that he's a hot mess. He's uh, driving around, driving around LA in um, his car, eating tacos, and is he drinking? I think so. He has like a bottle of some sort of booze in his car, and just he's rocking out. Uh, but when he gets to work, where he's a, it's like a money manager or something. He does something with stock. He does that like schmoozy dude thing to every person he walks past. Like, oh, how's your, you know, like he's. We need you at the softball good. game. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, sees that there are some official federal people there looking through his papers yeah. and runs it. And it turns out that he has taken all of the money from a local soup kitchen's uh, funds that he said he was going to invest for them. Uh, and he is now absconded with them. He's disappeared with them. So the the team is going to try to get him back. Yeah, so that they and have to take some extreme measures. The so okay, so they the way that they are going to get back at this guy. The, I, I watched this episode more than a week ago because we were supposed to record more than a week ago. <laughs> My kid was screaming. So I'm trying to remember. So they they get him into this rehab, which at first so, I thought was a fake yeah, rehab. It took them all, yeah. Oh, but it wasn't yeah. a fake rehab. But I thought it was. I thought it was going to be a fake rehab. They could have. So done first it they, they had want, a little more. First they they drive um, around after him. Yeah, trying they're to trying to track him down. Uh, well, at first it starts off. We've got um, he's on the Nate, Nate talking to the client. Yeah. There's this very sweet lady who's just like, you know, these people trusted me with this money and he said he could double it for us and it's gone now. Yeah. Uh, and the company has no record of us at all. So like there's no there's no way for her to get any sort of money back. Um 
and Nate is drinking like a 7-Up or a Mountain Dew or something from a can. Um, but it's not really just a soda. It's, right. It's definitely... Once again, totally drunk. Soda. Yeah. He's Oh yeah. So yeah. So he's again just plastered out of his mind. Um, he's mm -hmm. gone from like it. This is. It makes more sense now that we. I know that the episode that we just watched was like filmed out of order from when it was aired because it goes from like Nate drinks a little bit too much to in the last couple of episodes just like out of nowhere. I mean, not out of nowhere, but like Nate is drunk. 24 hours a day. Mm -hmm. And I think if that episode had been aired right after the pilot, when it was shot, um, you would have been like, oh, Nate's drunk all the time and it's an ongoing problem that we've seen since the beginning. But instead yeah. you have, Nate drinks a little, Nate drinks a little, oh, Nate drinks drunk 24 hours a day. Mm -hmm. um, I, I do think that, I mean, as a the average person, I think that would be more natural for me to be like, all of a sudden, oh, you are drunk all the time. Because I always give people the benefit of the doubt. But for oh, yeah. like, naturally suspicious people like thieves, yeah. uh, that that does ring a little less untrue. So I'm always, I always, <laughs> I give the crew benefit of the doubt because I'm like, I don't know if I noticed. He's so good at his job. I only notice when he's like falling down. <laughs> I liked in the scene that he he tells the the client that the reason that he does what they do is for the same reason that she does. Yes. To, to do good for people. And then later we get this mirrored line from Hurley that kind of gives you a different perspective on why Nate says this. And, and Hurley talks about it being the high, the high of doing the good thing and that feeling yeah. you get. Which they talked about in the very, the second episode, the homecoming job at the end. They're like, oh, I like how this feels, like giving back. Yes. Yeah. And that's that's that high they've all been chasing. And he's chasing it along with the alcohol. I love how defensive he gets when Sophie's like, it's a little early in the day for this, isn't it? And he's like, what? What? We're, let's just go do our jobs. Yeah. He doesn't want to hear about it. Yeah. And there's a lot... <laughs> There's a lot of really good Elliot and Hardison yes. uh, chasing this guy down together, including Hardison just pouring an entire IC into Elliot's car. He, and he just blatantly does it. It's not an accident. <laughs> he just pours it into his... They just sit in the well of the, the car, of the, yeah. um, the passenger seat, which was totally just their way of getting it into... The, the script that they would be using a different car so that they could do the product placement for the mm -hmm. oh hang on it's the Hyundai Hyundai Hyundai, Hyundai Genesis mm -hmm. later on um, uh, oh, but they, they, they go around following him after they've pulled all of his credit card receipts and they have this full list on the, all the screens and one of them is for a bar called Hutton's Hangout I noticed on the screen like Timothy Hutton like, yes. Oh, yeah, it's there's a really funny bit where they're reading off all of the things he spent money on, and it's like tacos bar, tacos bar. That's yeah, just like an hour. Bar. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Parker says That's one day. It's, like, it's like Billy from the Family Circus. If Billy was a drunken sex fiend, <laughs> which is good. And then in the commentary, they had to explain 
what Family Circus was. Oh no! Somebody, I think that the Australian didn't know what it was. Which kind of makes sense. I, I feel that Family Circus is a very American comic it's, show. Yeah, it is. So they find him at a strip club. <laughs> they ask Nate for a hundred in singles. Like, <laughs> like they're kids who need an allowance from their dad to go to the strip club. And it, it, it it's like Hardison says it, but, <laughs> but Elliot's, Elliot's like, hey, go ask him, go ask him for some money. Oh, like they, like they don't have the money to do that. <laughs> and like, like Nate's just carrying around that many ones. <laughs> so yeah, so they find him in a strip club, giving a stripper a car. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was going to come into the plot later. Like, I thought the car was going to come into the plot later. Well, it can't because he, in a second, he crashes it into a... a oh, that's hole. true. So he's about to pull out because she won't take the car from him. And then um, he's blocked in. And uh, these gang members jump out of the car and start to beat him up. And... I love Ellie or Hardison says that is not how you exchange insurance information. <laughs> so they go to try to uh, defuse the Keep situation, him. I guess. Um, and her that's and Hurley like peels off in the car. He like goes up onto the sidewalk and runs away or drives away. Uh, and Hardison gets somebody's gun and he shoots up the engine block of the car. <laughs> and Elliot's ready to compliment him. Oh, it was a good job shooting the end of black. He's like, I meant to shoot him in the leg. <laughs> and then Elliot takes the gun and for the first time that I think has ever happened, he doesn't immediately disarm the gun. He like takes it and like puts it on my side and then gets in the car with it and then puts it on the console next to Partisan. Which seems to like a terrible idea. Um, yeah. He, so but then right after that, they find Hurley passed out in the car because he hit the telephone pole. Yeah. And the but is it is it at this point at the strip club where you realize that there are like multiple gang members from different gangs? No, no, not is that's not until later. So okay. He, yeah. So he hits the telephone pole, and they're investigating, and they're like, "Oh, maybe he's unconscious. Like he has a concussion or whatever. He's out, yeah. and he's snoring. He's so just no, he's dead not. asleep." So then Nate gets the idea that they need to get him alone and vulnerable. And to do that, they're going to put him in rehab. Put him in rehab. Which, you're right. If they'd had time to plan this a little more, if he hadn't immediately run off with the money and they were acting really yeah. poorly, <clears throat> they totally would have come up with a fake rehab. So they get a real rehab. Seen that scale yet, but they could. Yeah. So they're in a real rehab. They're in a real rehab. And they've got Sophie as like a visiting psychiatrist um, and Parker as a kleptomaniac patient. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and Nate, Nate as himself, as himself, yeah. So oh, I said that I would do this job because sorry, I grew like, I grew up in twelve step programs, and I mean I've been in a twelve step program or another since I was seven. So like I know a lot about twelve step programs, but this sh- episode has nothing to do with twelve step programs. Like at no point do you see a meeting. Uh, yeah. They have therapy sessions, but there's no like. Because I was, I love watching bad representations of twelve-step meetings on TV and in movies. Where I'm like, this is not what meetings are like. So there's no twelve-step meetings in this, um, and at, the only time that it's ever mentioned is that 
Nate's gonna take a drink and he's having a hallucination and his hallucination tells him that he would be breaking the 12 steps but the 12 steps don't actually tell you not to drink so in fact there's no 12 stepping happening in this in this rehab um i've I've never participated in the 12 step program but they uh sophie has hurley make a list of people he needs to apologize to is 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 that is so that's the ninth step so you have to first you have to work the first eight steps which is a ton of work and then um uh, you actually in the eighth step you make the list of everyone that you've harmed in your life and then in the ninth step you work with someone like a sponsor or in some cases a priest or rabbi or someone an advisor of some sort to make amends to people you've harmed um but it's really important that you've done the other steps before that because like that's kind of a major thing to go do and it's important that you be like on correct emotional and spiritual ground before you go mm-hmm. contacting people that you've done serious harm to in your past yeah or you could end up um, doing more serious harm more serious harm which is um the ninth step says that you make amends except when to do so would injure them or others Okay. So um, it's very explicit. That's the exact language. So it's explicit that you are not going to go. Um, and the the big book, which is the basic text of Alcoholics Anonymous, it's like the AA Bible, um, which is written by the founders of AA, says that, for instance, if you got sober and you had had an affair when you were drunk, but your wife doesn't know about it, you don't tell her to apologize about it. You only apologize if she didn't know, if she already knew about the affair. Mm-hmm. You don't go around like, oh, I did this terrible thing to you that you didn't know about. I want to f- feel better. But to, make, so but to make myself feel better, I'm going to ruin your everything. That's okay. Super not how the ninth step works. Uh, it's the opposite of how the ninth step works. And so um, what Hurley is doing when he's calling people to make amends is not the 12 step <laughs> You're supposed to like have it written down and have a script and never break up anything that they did and like mm-hmm. not... It's not well then. Um, But also, like, I don't know any rehabs. I never went to rehab um, because I have Ednos, which is eating disorder not otherwise specified, which they don't usually put you in rehab for because it's not fatal. Um, Sure. Yeah. (laughs) My eating disorder is totally fine. It's just minor. Tiny, whatever. Yeah, you'll be good. Just... You're fine. (laughs) Whatever. I don't know. I did almost die, but um so there's like in the DSM there's like specific things that you have to meet, benchmark benchmarks that you have to meet um to be diagnosed with anorexia. Um you have to like lose a certain percentage of your body weight and your periods have to stop and there's like a just like a list of things you have to hit. And if you don't hit all of those, you have etnos, not anorexia, um, nervosa in terms of like a medical definition. Etnos is obviously very dangerous to your health. Um, so anyway, I never went to rehab, but I have lots of friends who went to rehab and I don't know any rehabs where they put a variety of people with very different addictions in the same group therapy. 
in the way that this one has. You would not really have like two drunks and a kleptomaniac and, and whatever the other two people yeah. are. And the only other thing I will say about the way that the episode handles addiction is that it makes a lot of fun of Hurley's taco addiction, but as a person with a food addiction. Yeah. <laughs> like, buddy. Yeah. F you. This show really makes a lot of light of, and John Rogers yeah. makes a lot of light of, of alcoholism in general uh, in, in addiction. And he's always, he always talks about how he is an alcoholic. And... Which I respect, but I think like also a lot of alcoholics, and I say this as a child of two alcoholics and someone who grew up around everyone I knew was a recovering alcoholic. Alcoholics tend to think that they have like the super cool addiction and like, they don't take eating disorders or um, food addiction particularly seriously because it's like, it's just food. Um, but every alcoholic I know who then ended up in Overeaters Anonymous is like, I wish I could go back to just being an alcoholic because it's really hard to be in food recovery because you have to eat food. Yeah. It's not like alcoholism. You can't just quit. Um, you have to eat food and you have to figure out how to do it in a way that's like healthy. So anyway, I am frustrated with, I'm not necessarily frustrated with like alcoholics making light of their own alcoholism, but I get frustrated generally with people making light of food addiction because there are a lot of people who don't think it exists and binge eating disorder only got classified as an addiction like five years ago or something. People just think fat people are lazy and not that. I mean, and not all fat people have an eating disorder, but some of us do. Yeah. So, yeah. anyway, that is my soapbox. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're here for it. Because, yeah, now that I think about it, that is, I mean, that later in the episode, that's how they get Hurley to crack. They take him to a taco place. Take him to a taco place. They break him out of rehab. really good. They give him the food he's addicted to to get yeah. the shit that they want out of him. Instead of allowing him to recover. Exactly. And that was, you know, Nate doing that. Nobody else yeah. was willing to take that step. And it's yeah. definitely a sign that Nate will do whatever he thinks needs to be done, like whether it's really despicable or not. And this was after we found out some more stuff about Hurley. So, okay, so let's go back. Let's, let's go back. More. So Nate is oh, wait, my, my question when they're they're in group therapy and Nate is uh, trying to debate his way out of uh, being an alcoholic. Yeah. Uh, and he talks about Sophie's $1,500 shoes. Yeah. Would you, if you had the money, buy $1,500 shoes? Yeah. I don't know if I could ever buy $1,500 pairs of shoes. Here's the thing. Good boots are expensive, right? Like those are not just, it's not like they're pumps. They're over the knee boots. I I buy boots on clearance from Payless. They are made out of plastic, but like really good real <laughs> boots are expensive. That's true. I just don't know. They have so much money though. I think you get to a certain point and you're like, oh, $1,500, that's, I don't have any complaints, but mm, I don't know if I could, I'll never, I'll never be in that situation. I know, I'm, it's <laughs> I'll never actually be faced with that uh, decision. Uh, Parker, I would is, feel to wear them all the time, though. Yeah, just see my money's worth out of them, right? Yeah. Uh, so Sophie is definitely getting really concerned about 
Nate's drinking. Yeah. And uh, he's got the shakes. He's He goes into the delirium tremens, which like DTs are a serious medical issue. And also they don't happen to people who are like casual alcoholics or functioning Mm -hmm. alcoholics. You don't go into the delirium tremens until you are like late stages of alcoholism, like really, really, really seriously ill, which um, because I know a lot about alcoholism made me very concerned for Nate's life. Like, yeah. Yeah. But then I was like, is this just poor like research on their part about how sick with alcoholism you have to be before you get delirium tremens? I couldn't tell. Yeah, he's, he, I think it that. was. So they had Mark Shepard on contract to be in this episode. Yeah. I don't know why. So then they were trying to figure out how they could write him in. Right. And, so it's hallucination. Um, I think, like, oh. Dean Devlin was like, oh, I don't know. And then he walked out of the room and he turned around and came back and he said, he's a hallucination. And so that's how it was. So I don't think that they did much research at all into, okay. is, this, is this the right time for this character to be experiencing this sort of, right. uh, chemical <laughs> reaction? <laughs> but uh, but they, they went ahead and did it anyways. And it's kind of powerful because at first you're like, what is Sterling doing here? Is he there? What's going on? Right, and then he's, right. he's not there when he punches the wall. And Sterling shows up all the time. Very unnerving times for real. Yeah. So it's like he could totally be in this rehab. Sure. Exactly. Uh, yeah. If, if anybody's going to just randomly show up in rehab, right. it's going to be Sterling. Yeah. Let's see. Um, like the fact that his subconscious gives him Sterling to tell him what a terrible human being he is. For sure is powerfully done. I was just like, is Nate dying? <laughs> I mean, and then you're really all, concerned, yeah. I've watched all of Leverage, so I know that Nate's not dying. <laughs> you're like, well, I know that this isn't the end of the season, and there are a couple more. Yeah. Ooh, um, but it's, it's, it's rough. But that's a really interesting scene. Um, but further back, let's see. My notes. Um, oh, so they have to go find hurley's real car because the car that he's in the accident in was not his the stripper's car and uh, it's the stripper's car and parker goes through his stuff and finds the par- his parking ticket that was in his shirt pocket so they know where where his car is parked and then she's coming out of uh you know the storage where they're keeping everybody's personal effects and they the doctor walks up and hands her some antidepressants and she like takes them and chews them up <laughs> which uh i don't know <laughs> I, I assume that they put, you know, gradual release things right. into medication and chewing it up is probably why we see this really accelerated change in uh, Parker's uh, behavior. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then Parker's we get... Everybody at rehab. She's like playing charades with them and like really concerned about everybody in group therapy she wants to hug people yeah parker with feelings yeah oh parker um so since she's found the parking ticket elliot and hardison can go find hurley's car and hardison uh immediately gets into the car and has to move the seat back because he's the tall guy which tips elliot off because hurley's also a big guy and so is the parking attendant and so somebody who wasn't one of them has been in this car. And he, Move the car forward. And he lays down on the ground, sees that there's a bomb in the knee, which is very stressful. And this scene is so great because uh, they're both really stressed out. And 
Hardison is losing his shit. He's like, yeah, what about he works in the seat? And Elliot's like, it doesn't work. Like, we've all seen Indiana Jones. That doesn't work. They're both like having severe panic attacks about yeah. the city. And it's, oh, it's great. But the, um, so the wires are. Time to this, this episode, all of it quality. Yeah. There's no other, there's another. We like it. We like it when the boys get to spend some time being in love together. Yes. Uh, so Elliot notices that the wires are, um, go into the computer of the car and then, and then, then Hardison's like, oh, I got this. If there's a computer, yeah. I can handle it. We'll just reboot it. And Elliot's like, you want me to kick it? <laughs> no, baby, don't, don't kick the bomb. Kick the mom. Uh, so, um, but then it like switches because at first, like Elliot is you know yelling at him to calm down and like we'll figure this out or whatever, and Hardison's shaking and freaking out. But as soon as right. it's about a computer, that she's on the other foot, and now Elliot can't punch anything, so he's very nervous. So and they have to reboot it. And his hand you know, shaking when he like goes to like yank the. You know, in my marriage, there's oftentimes when I, one of us looks at the other one and it's like, babe. Babe. And I just imagine Harrison being like, no, babe. Don't kick the ball. <laughs> babe. If he did more than two seconds, that's definitely, he would have a slow shake of the head. Babe. Don't kick the ball. <laughs> don't, don't kick the ball. Don't kick the ball. <laughs> that's, that's the catchphrase <laughs> of the episode. Don't kick the ball. Uh, so then, so they managed to reboot the, the computer. Yeah. And the bomb thing's gone off so they can get it out and they're like very relieved. But then they keep more them excitement happens. So uh, oh, yeah. they, you know, they're joined so by some friends. They're joined you know. by members of multiple gangs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All of whom Hurley owes money to. Yeah. So we've got the Mexicans and we've got the Koreans. Yeah. And the bomb was probably set by the Chileans. And you don't mess yeah. with the Chileans. So, uh, this guy is in deep, uh, and that makes and so Hardison tries to talk everybody down using a Jamaican accent, which is great. Like that's really good on the fly thinking. I think on his yeah. part. Uh, they don't buy it. They don't care. But uh, everybody with the bomb. Uh. What was I gonna say? I feel I was so distracted by Hardison's Jamaican accent because I feel like it's not the only time that he does he pulls out like that character. Um, no, I, but I can't remember. Remember. Um yeah. is it in the violin episode? I feel like or there's a couple it, times where he's like out of nowhere. Like, I'm... I'll do it again. Yeah. So I think the thing that is really important about this episode is that the whole time, except for the opening scene where he's like driving erratically, all of your our audience interactions with Hurley are of him being really likable. Mm-hmm. Like he's very like personable and outgoing and he wants to be friends with everyone and he's like a puppy. Yeah. He's like, I gotta get my life together and I gotta I just, I bought this trip of car because I wanted to do something nice for her. And I totally thought he's like, it's a little bit like, how is this guy this good at getting, manipulating money if he's this like big dumb puppy? Because yeah. the whole time when you're actually, he's like, <laughs> and, and you like him. 
and he's not your average Mark. He's like not a super over the top evil Mark that we've talked about where you're like, oh, well, of course he should, they should take all of this guy's money because he's mm. evil. No, or at least just a hot mess. Yeah, he's just a hot mess. His wife left him and apparently that's what started this spiral. But I, I suspect that it was, it was a long yeah. time coming, his wife leaving him. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, and the yeah, audience like, yeah, as viewers, like we see him and he's just this big puppy. And then as they do more research into what he's doing, they find that he does do good things. Yeah, uh, there's a there's a deleted scene that's uh, on the DVDs that they they just deleted. They had to cut it, obviously. Uh, that's just kind of like a little montage of just people who are saying, "Oh, he tipped me two hundred dollars," or he right. he bought this, he did these things, just like random acts of kindness because he is like generous at heart, but he just makes some bad decisions. And he's trying to get the soup kitchen money. Like he's he mm -hmm. makes a yeah legitimately trying to double their money mm. um, but but very poor decision making skills yeah. um, and access to dangerous people mm -hmm. yeah that's yeah uh, so anyway I just think that's interesting because like it's very different from what we see have seen a lot of which is these sort of like uber villain Mm -hmm. You know, mobsters and, you know, big corporations and people who buy senators. And yeah, yeah it is. Buys people's houses after Katrina and kicks them yeah, out. Yeah. Like, not, you know. People who burn down stairs with them. Yeah. yeah. Just utterly despicable people and not, like, I know. I mean, is that, is that trying to teach us some sort of moral? Oh, I think that's why it's even worse at the end when Nate like gets him back into his addictions on purpose. Because well, you want him to get clean and get his shit together so he can not continue to lose people's money and make terrible choices. And mm -hmm. you, you you like him as a person, and you would like him to see him be clean. Yeah, and you want to see him come back. Which yeah. spoiler, we do get to see him come back later in the series. Oh, when Elliot and Hardison come to see Nate and Sophie at rehab, and <laughs> Elliot's charming the the Australian receptionist, and oh, uh, yeah. oh good, they, they have to be like related, and we get Hardison <laughs> playing like they're together, and Elliot's face is so good. He's just like, oh, what's happening? Opening. I didn't know we were coming out to everybody so soon. Huh? <laughs> Hardison <laughs> does it like super over the top, like them boy <laughs> thing and it's the hilarious part about it is that they are dating like i realize that i realize that within the canon of the show they're not dating but given that like the ending of the show is you know i mean given that like the ot3 is close to canon yeah like the like as close to canon you as you can get without it being explicitly stated on screen, um, mm -hmm. because the writer of the show is like, yeah, yeah, what it is. You're um, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So like all of this is the buildup of these two people falling in love, and so it's so rom commy. Like we have to pretend we're together. Yeah, I like I like thinking that they weren't yet officially together at this point, but mm -hmm. like this episode is really, really like cementing that. And they're like, oh, I had feelings when you pretended to be my boyfriend. And yeah. we should explore those feelings. 
let's go to dinner, you know? Yeah. That, that is very much what happens in, uh, in my head. In your head, Kevin. Yeah. And they, I, I thought it was really interesting when they are all, Parker's not there because she's off doing more therapy for fun. Uh, but we've got the boys and Nate and Sophie and they're looking to Nate for like, okay, what do we do now? You know, all these other people are, are involved and Nate is just, he like can't even focus. He's standing up, he's yeah. going over the window and he, and Sophie has to take over. And the yeah. Elliot looks very confused. It's just not, you know, they're flat-footed. They, you know, the rugs been pulled out from under them. Which is, makes me like anxious. No. I know. I know. I like character development and I like this, but I also like the formulaicness of these shows. Like, we need Nate to be this cornerstone. He needs to know what's going on at all times. And yeah, I also feel that distress when my babies feel distressed. I know. So, okay, we already talked about Hurley. Uh, they got the names that of people that Hurley was close to by getting him to apologize. Uh, Nate's Nate's saying maybe I'm a bigger bastard when I'm sober. And then the, the other, the goth girl, Marcy, who agrees with him. She's like, hell yeah. So <laughs> she was awesome. she there? Like what, what is she in rehab for? Because her mom's a bitch or whatever oh. she said. Because <laughs> my mom's a raging bitch. She was, she was perfect. They're definitely. Um, I also, I also love this line. You ever notice how every bad guy knows at least one stripper? Elliot says that, and then Hardison says, yeah, and you know, like, a hundred, so what does that make you? And he goes, hey, I'm a bad guy. And they're, like, leaning towards each other, like, yeah. very flirty. So, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, lot of, lot of ho-yay in this episode. <laughs> yes. So then, Nate tries to escape rehab, and it doesn't work out. Not also, work. something that I noticed in this episode, and bothered me way more than it should, Timothy Hutton has very hairy arms, like, forearms. <laughs> <laughs> like really dark hair super focused like, on it like chimpanzee arms <laughs> it was, it was, I okay. never because I guess he's just always wearing long sleeves mm. or you know just cuffed yeah. to, to his forearms and he's like wearing t-shirts so it was just very obvious it was very striking in a not I should escape from rehab it doesn't work no, don't don't try to escape from rehab, y'all. Uh, then the Koreans find out where Hurley is staying, and uh, let's see, Nate has his meltdown because because Hurley calls to make amends to his secretary. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. That's how they find out. Nate's meltdown uh, before he starts hallucinating when he and Sophie are arguing, and she's trying to say that Hurley's not all that bad. You know, he. Yeah. But Nate just, he's going, you know, he's going through withdrawal, but he also, he wants something to do. He can't, he doesn't have access to like everything he needs to do his job the way that he thinks he needs. And he rants about addicts. He's like, oh, I grew up, my dad was an addict. My grandfather was yeah. an addict. I know them. I know how they work. And she's just looking at him like. Oh man, her face is so perfect. <laughs> and he doesn't, and you're just waiting for the other shoe to drop and he just does not get it. It's just. Yeah, I know how they work. She's, I know exactly what they're gonna do. She's like, uh-huh, you're almost there. Come on, come so close. And he, he doesn't. He doesn't get there. Instead, he punches a wall. Mm-hmm. And then, like, chokes out Hurley. Tries to kill him. Not really. Tries to threaten him. Oh, yeah. Um, but 
while he's threatening Harley, the Koreans show up at rehab and Parker is skipping down the hallway, basically, and bumps into one of them and accidentally- really drugs. Accident yeah, I know, right? Accidentally steals some steals a gun. gun. She's like, oh, okay. I didn't mean to do it here. Uh, and uh, they they shoot <laughs> the ceiling and we have forgotten the gun. Yes, like not even not even antidepressants and the good drugs can no. keep Parker from lifting people's things or picking pockets. And yeah, so they take the gun and shoot the lock on the window and escape. Oh, okay, so when Parker comes in and, and tells them, he puts his hands on her shoulders and she smiles at him and says, oh, you don't usually touch us. Yeah. Uh, and she has that cute, really cute little smile. Well, part of the reason she smiles like that is because right before they did this take, they had a food fight. <laughs> like the three of them with cold cuts. Sure. And, <laughs> yeah, like you do. And and when he put his hands on her, she could smell the like turkey or some ham or right. something on him, and so like it made her smile, <laughs> which is great. That's it's great. yeah. Uh, oh, and then we get this, and I like I was thinking of it as like the thesis of this show, like in general. Uh, Harley says lying, cheating, stealing. If you're doing it to help someone, doesn't that make it okay? Oh yeah, totally. Some super meta moment. Yeah. And Nate doesn't know how he feels about that. So they get him they get him tacos and Hardison's I love Hardison's angry. He's like, I sat on a bomb. And yeah. we could have been him tacos. Like and Elliot has been grumpy about this guy the whole time. And he's like, why don't we just let him die? Just, just yeah, let yeah. let the gangs kill him. Yeah. But so their plan is to bring the gangs together and um Elliot's a grouchy old lady. Elliot is, is such a grouchy old lady. He's a little that trash can to live in. From hmm. a, I say this from the perspective of a grouchy old lady. <laughs> I see my I see my own. <laughs> I see myself in Elliot. Uh, he has better hair than I do. <laughs> he has better hair than ninety eight percent of the world. Everybody. Like I think a mall Clooney beats him. Yeah, Kate, Duchess of Kate, Duchess Kate. Oh yeah. Are I mean, anyway. Anyways, um, so they're going <laughs> to bring the gangs together and stage Hurley's death by explosion, and which I think they do. They that was like a pretty cool move that they because did. they just kept the bomb. That's yeah. the funniest part. Is Nathan, like, oh, you still have that bomb? Do you still have the bomb? <laughs> they're like, yeah. <laughs> what? What? Why are you carrying it around with you? Well, because, you know, like, waste not, want not. I'm sure Elliot was a Boy Scout at some point. Elliot's like, I have a plan for this bomb. Hardison was not a Boy Scout, but Elliot was definitely a Boy Scout. Yeah. And, and you know he was going to, they were, yeah, he and Hardison, that that was their, <gasps> that's what their date was going to be. They were going to tinker with the bomb. They were. Go on a date. Do you want to go on a, it, it'll be bomb. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you won't need to diffuse this situation. Um, <laughs> I'm just gonna steal a podcast where we make the worst possible puns <laughs> known to humankind. You're welcome. <laughs> no, that was gonna be. That was definitely gonna be. 
yeah you should also listening audience watch awkward if you haven't because it is so amazing that was mtv yeah that's where that you're welcome like this a uh, character oh, yeah, yeah yeah um okay. it's i need i do need to watch that because i've seen so many gifs of her and i'm like i like you you seem like she's the bitch and i love you she reminds me of what's her name from degrassi yes but she's better yeah um okay so wait back uh oh i love when uh hurley so hurley's in the car i guess and he doesn't know that this is all gonna be a con right that that the bomb is there and you know the the mexicans are saying oh 30 seconds 30 seconds and he was like oh 30 seconds i didn't want to know that why did yeah. i take german in high school so they get him on this like stretcher underneath the cars yeah, this, a like, collar, yeah. and they get him out Which, and the what you see I, afterwards I, true leverage style yeah so i i don't know how often you've like laid on a crawler and like been under a car most cars are not very high off the ground um right and as a large person myself i you need a car you need to be up on lifts like on a jack or you need yeah. to lift it up uh, so i'm like there's no way that hurley could have laid down and they could have dragged I, him under so i also but have I, a question as with all episodes of leverage you just you have to let go and just let accept, go. accept the fantasy of it. Leverage doesn't exist in our world. It exists in a slightly magical, better version of it. Leverage is not on don't, the darkest side. Don't remind me. This is before, before the Hadron Collider started up. Yeah. Not on the darkest timeline. Which we can all, you know, agree that we are. Anyways, we I thought are. it was... Let's, we're not even talking about the darkest timeline. Not today. Um, no. Not today, Satan. Not today, Satan. Uh, I love that Hurley was like, get away, like, go. Nate, yeah. like, you shouldn't be here. I'm going to blow up. And I was like, that's really sweet. He's, he is like a big old puppy dog. He's like one of those dogs that doesn't realize how big they are. And they, like, try to, like, pet you and they just, like, scratch your face. Yeah. He doesn't know. And I grew just, up he's the a, a St. Bernard. That's I grew up with a Rottweiler St. Bernard mix. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was like 120 pounds of lap. Yes. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Dumb. Oh, Dumb. My oh my god. Okay, that's Hurley. That's Hurley right yeah, there. Hurley. My dog Willie. Yeah. Um, so then Hurley thinks that Dr. Tanner, aka Sobe, and Nate, aka Tom Baker, that was his uh his alias, which is a, a actor who played the Doctor. Uh, Doctor Who. So a new Doctor Who reference. And oh. Parker played Rose. Who's the ninth Doctor and tenth Doctor's companion in Doctor Who? No, so, don't text me about the fact that don't tweet me about the fact that the Doctor is not named Doctor Who because I have watched all of the original episodes and in the first and second Doctors they are built on the credits as Doctor Who. So yeah, give me that. yeah don't come at, don't come at us. Every William Hartnell episode. I am so effing nerdy about Doctor Who. Yes. Um, that's why the show is like so great. So I liked it anyways, but then there were all yeah. the little things where, yeah. oh, did they just say Tom Baker? Oh my God. Hello. Yeah. Did you say her name was Sarah J? Oh. So yeah. I, I just love that. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. So Harley thinks that 
Dr. Tanner and Tom have worked together, even though they don't like each other, just to help him. And he's just very touched by this. And they're like, we actually like each other a bit. And Fine. Like, I mean, all of our fights were real, but right. we, we still we love each other. We still really love each other. And, and then they go to get uh, the least healthy know, love story. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, oh, they retrieve the money, which was in the car the whole time, but it was in the tires. Tires. Which is pretty ingenious. Except, how did he get them in there? I guess he went to his tire guys because he knows shady people. And he's like, hey, instead of air. Because can you drive? You can't drive around on tires filled with cash. So, this is what I was missing in the beginning, which is that, like, they're not conning him. They're just trying to figure out where his money is. Yeah. They're not pulling a traditional con. They're well, just they conned got him, him with people so they could yeah. figure out where the money they, is. Yeah, they just got him alone so that they could figure out where the money is. But it's not the same of, like, magnitude as, like, convincing them to invest in a ski bonnaroo. No. They can't all be like that. Ski bonnaroo. Right. <laughs> South by. Um, yeah, no, they can't all be like that. Then you'd be bored, right? right? You need right. Every so often you need to break in the rehab and then fail to break out, even though you're a criminal mastermind. <laughs> Breaking on purpose. Fail to break out. A very, uh, very detoxed criminal mastermind. That's true. And then so they give the money back to the victim. And I love this. Like she hugs Nate, she hugs Sophie, and she won't make eye contact with Hurley. Like she keeps her back yeah. to him and he keeps trying to go in for the hug. And she's yeah. like, no, 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 no. And he's sad about that because he's puppy and he wants a hug. And Nate and Hardison won't hug him either. So then we have to get Parker out of rehab. Because they left her in there. On super happy drugs. And yeah. she wants to throw herself bodily at Elliot and then at Hardison and then yeah. walk away between the two of them off into the sunset. Yeah. And which they're like, no. we like this version kind of. They're like, which well, is, we don't get to defuse a bomb anymore together on our date, but we'll figure something out. I know. It's one of those things. Hardison's like, I kind of like this version. And you can tell that he's like, I mean, I want my regular Parker all the time. But also, yeah. like, this, this one who throws her arms around me, who right. shows affection. and Regular Parker's not hugging me at this point. So yeah. this is this is nice. Something to look forward to. And then if you see, like, when Nate and Sophie are talking right after this, because they've walked to the car in the background, they're arguing. They, they put... Parker in first and then they're arguing about who is going to sit in the middle Mm -hmm. and I couldn't decide at first I was like okay are they arguing because like the middle seat sucks in a sedan I hate as like the oldest the biggest person in my family longest legs like it's the worst are they arguing about who has to sit on the bump or were they arguing about who has to sit next to like drug out Parker (laughs) but I decided that they were arguing because they each wanted to be in the middle. Because because, then they, because then they could them. be one person on each side of them. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 To be in the middle of the triangle. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then, but in the in the meantime, uh, Nate and Sophia. Sophia asks if he wants to go in and finish what he started. And for the first time in the last couple episodes, Nate gets the last line. And uh, but it's not impressive because he's like, oh, I just want another drink. Yeah. 
I yeah. know like leaves is on like a really dark weird, dark no yeah and this is one of the few episodes that's not um ended with the theme music either it's like this one and the mob one have different but the, the mob one had like happy italian music and this has like some darker yeah it's pretty it's not this like celebratory victorious we've gotten somebody's money back it's like Nate's gonna go be a drunk and we got this guy back on his addictions and Parker's chock full of drugs. <laughs> Sophie pretended to be a therapist to people who really need rehab. Because the other people in the rehab she was being a therapist for. Like. But I think they were doing okay. Like, um, this actually would be oh a really good and If she was going to mm -hmm. be like, if she was going to like go legit, she would be a really good counselor. Definitely. Because she's good at getting people to like, Sophie, like tell her the truth. Yeah. Yeah. And she understands people's motivations because she yeah. has to be able to take advantage of them. Yeah. Yeah, that would definitely be a good line for her to go into. Not acting. Not yeah. acting ever. Don't do it. Don't do it. So oh, when we got we got we got to see Parker one last time playing uh, Pictionary with Marcy yeah. and your beauty. It's the antiquities department at the Cairo Museum. <laughs> She's like, I that's the alarm that. box right there. <laughs> obviously, obviously. She's the so entire map. Like, oh, it's so good. But I do, you know, Sophie says, you know, she needs to be with people who understand what she's going through more. And the team, like, team leverage as Parker's rehab as Parker's, you know, counseling sense yeah. as the season goes on. Nate needed more professional help, but we'll get to that later. They need um, family. About... They as a family need family yeah. counseling. <laughs> they do. Like, Nate and Sophie need couple counseling and then they all need to get Together. Well, and also like no, I don't mean I know people who have really successful three-person relationships, but I don't know anyone who has it without a therapist. Because like you have three, I mean, I think most, I think most married people need. I don't go to the marriage therapy, but I probably ought to. Like, I mean, it's just like marriage is hard. And marriage with three people is really hard. Yeah, it's a lot of needs, emotional needs that need met, mm -hmm. and arguing about who's going to be the little spoon, because both Elliot and Hardison want the little spoon. <laughs> <laughs> and let's all be honest, Parker's the big spoon. So yeah, every time Parker's the big spoon. Um, <laughs> every time. <laughs> Yeah. It's just like the middle spoon is very it just gets sweaty. It's like very warm right in the middle. <laughs> yeah. No one wants that. No. Okay. Do you do you want to talk about books? Yes. Any book recommendations this week? I just finished reading a series called The Burning Sky by Sherry Thomas, who's a romance author. She's an adult romance author, but this is a YA series. And it's about kids who live 
in like a magical portal realm and they come to Eton to go to college in like okay. Victorian times. And they their magical world has been taken over by like an evil like um, dictator and they're trying to foment revolution. But it's a con novel, the first one at least, because the hero has had like a prophecy that he's gonna meet this like greatest mage of the age. And then, so he's gotten like, he's convinced everyone at Eton that this kid is like broken his arm and is going to be back at school any day, even though it's been like three years. Like he's just keeping up this, like look the other way. Like, where's the, like, and like no one, only one person has noticed that like, this kid's never and then the kid shows up the maid shows up but it's a girl and so they dress her as a boy and have her like act as a boy and like slide into this pre-built life um because they're trying to state the evil dictator is trying to like kidnap her for her magical powers and so they're trying to like keep her safe but in order to do that they have to run this like really long con on all of their like school buddies they're like (laughs) they're like non-magical school buddies at Victorian Eaton. Um, but like, but from a con perspective, they're, they're definitely like running a long con on their schoolmates and it involves her having to learn how to play cricket. Nice. Playing cricket and thinking that this kid's a boy and wondering why they seem to be together all the time, sometimes making out, although they're not super concerned about it. Because there are definitely some of the other boys at Eaton are making out with each other as yeah. well. <laughs> it does I mean, not occur that this is actually it's a girl. an old boys school. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Uh, so that's uh, The Burning Sky fantasy romance. With, with a con. Excellent. To bring it back to um, I I just read The Palace Job by Patrick Weeks with three E's. What E's? Of Weeks. <laughs> excessive. Which when I, I know. <laughs> it's So it's part of the Rogues of the Republic series, which makes it already, already brought to mind uh, the John Bastard series. <laughs> and I adore that series. The first one is The Lies of Locke Lamora. The main character in this okay, book. I read The Lies of Locke Lamora. Mm-hmm. I read The Lies of Locke Lamora. Yeah, I love, I, yeah, I love that series. <laughs> um, and I can't wait for the next one. But this one, the main character's name is also Locke, but mm-hmm. it's spelled like, uh, like the Scottish Lake with a C-H. Nice. I am going to say that my best friend, who's uh, a listener of this podcast, uh, Hi, Rob! Is... <laughs> obsessed with the lives of Locke Lamora books. So she'll be excited that we... They're so good. So I, I book talked to them in the very first episode. Yeah. Because, uh, like, that's my favorite. Oh, my God. And they ruined me. Anyways, so this series, though, is very... If you like if you like that series, you'll probably like this one as well. It's a little more lighthearted. <laughs> and there's a unicorn. But it's a, it's a fantasy world where the Locke... Uh, she, man, there's a lot of subsequences, so I'm not going to go into all of it. 
they are she's running a con to steal back this priceless elven manuscript that was taken from her family when her family was murdered during this war uh she was a captain um of like the rangers or something and she went behind enemy lines with some of her team and never came back and mm. in the meantime and her sister was blinded and then adopted by this uh, kind of statesman of the ruling class who won the war. So it's a little firefly fantasy kind of yeah. situation. So she's come back. She gets, uh, she and her kind of right-hand man uh, are caught and they're in prisons on um, kind of this floating city where they are forced to clean these crystals that keep it floating in the sky. And yeah. they, first they bust out of there and then they assemble a crack team of people to help them. So they need a wizard, yeah. meet up with this wizard who's just been kicked out of wizarding school for selling black market items. And he has just inadvertently adopted this random boy who's like a runaway and they don't know anything about him, but there's mysterious things about him. Uh, they they pick up a locksmith and her, um, her partner in crime who is, He's like a contortionist. So nice. He can like bend things, and he's he's really cool. And so she, like I said, they they pick up a unicorn who she's a shapeshifter, and she loves virgins. And so she loves the the boy who's the runaway. He's like a sixteen year old, and she calls him her virgin, and it's adorable. And who else do they have? And then Locke and oh, there's one more. She's a a deaf priestess who used to be a love priestess. And it's like this crazy crew of people. And I love it because it's like half women, half men. Like uh, Locke is a woman of color and everybody else is like different shades of everything. And, um, but yeah, they're like, everything goes wrong. Everything goes right. Like there's double crosses and they're, it's, it was a lot of fun. I'm a big fan of assembled gang of any kind. Yes. Yeah. And it was nice. Um, you know, we talked about Six of Crows last time which is mm -hmm. much more angsty. It's a little, it's darker. This, it was just like a romp. It was like a nice long one. And it was kind of complex, but no one important dies. And that was very important to me. Some series that I like that uh, is not the case. So yeah, so that's it for us and the 12 step job, which they should have called the rehab job. Yeah, and just been a little more accurate, but that's, you know, happened 10 years ago. So we're going to be, um, I'll be back next next week, next Thursday, uh, with Lisa Lynn and Tara Kennedy. And we're going to talk about the juror number six job, which will be really exciting. It's a great episode. It's a very Parker-centric episode, which are always hilarious. And yes, we love Parker. So... Um, thank you for listening. Corey, do you want to remind people where they can find you? Um, the best place to find me is on Twitter at Helen's Twin, H-E-L-E-N-S Twin. <laughs> um, that's the best place to find me. And uh, yeah, like always, you can follow me. find me at, on Twitter at Librarian Stee. Stee is in Christy. Yeah. All right. So we'll okay. hear us again in, in a week. In a week. All right. All right. Thank Bye. you. Thank Bye. You. Bye.